welcome to the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 Podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez. And I'm Stephen McNally. We are your home for F1 racing on this side of the pond. And on today's show, uh, Max starts a new streak. Does McLaren actually have the best driver pairing on the grid? At least this race they did. Yeah. Uh, Logan Sargent and Sergio Perez battle for the worst of the weekend. <laughs> and is the honeymoon phase over at Mercedes? And Steve, I think this is, you know, uh, without a question here, one of the things that we've been chip chipping away at, right, is the Mercedes, you know, are, when are these teams going to start taking off the gloves and letting them race, and how is that going to bear out? And Mercedes seems to be above the fray about it, but, uh, and there's always, you know, there's a few times this season we've seen um, Toto just be like, no, and people try to say it was no big deal, and but uh, we've seen this a little bit, you know, with George and... Uh, Lewis this year and it seems like George thinks he has better pace at least at certain points of the race he seems like he qualifies better has priority but then Lewis has faster cars or at least a better plan at the end of the race and George is kind of in the way at least the past few races it's looked like that yeah George certainly feels like he's got the best strategy and knows better than the team uh he's uh I think he's starting to grate a little bit on on some people uh, with, you know, and, and he, he said after the race, like, listen, in race radio, you have to take with a grain of salt because we're driving around, the adrenaline's going, you, you can't take everything, you know, as is, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Um, but he's, he's coming across as a guy that, you know, sounds like a guy who's second in the championship trying to chase down a champ, uh, you know, chase down Max for the championship. Um, he's not, and he's eighth, and he he's not only just eighth, like he's now behind Lando Norris, you know, he's dropped down past Charles Leclerc, um, he's not in the greatest form, at, at least in race pace, like you said, and, you know, he got battled by his teammate for the first time this year, and, and he just uh, didn't respond you know, well, he he was he was very upset that they weren't quote unquote playing the team game, and then at the end, just like you know, beg for help because the strategy he decided to go on, and the only person to really go on this one stop strategy, uh, he was hung out. He hung himself out to dry at the end. So, uh, you know, Lewis knows how to run his race, and I I think George is kind of like fighting against the quicksand right now seeing a 75 point gap to his teammate wondering wait wait how did I fall so far behind well and this is so I'm I'm catching up on welcome to Wrexham and um I have to use one of my favorite British phrases that I'm reminded of why I like it so much because it's brought up in this recent season but do you think George is whinging a little too much (laughs) he's a whinger (laughs) uh George Russell's the kind of guy to whinge after uh, getting passed by his teammate. He doth complain a bit much, especially when he kind of is the reason that he's complaining. He's shooting himself in the foot sometimes. Um, I don't want to... 
I I will you know give him credit and even admire him for taking chances and trying to win his race and try to be different and try to do you know whatever it takes. But it hasn't taken sometimes. But then he complains about it and it's like eh, you did it to yourself here, buddy. Um, and you know you're gonna sit there and complain that Lewis, who has all those championships, all that experience, is your teammate, is essentially not really like what this guy doing in front of me, but he's kind of like, Hey, look, if George isn't going to cut it, like, let me go. You know, I, I, I'm trying to help the team out here, you know? Um, yeah. Lewis so, made a point to say that, you know, listen, I'm the one bringing the most points home for the team. Um, and you know, it was one thing for George to kind of like go on the strategy and it not work out. But then, like you said, battled his teammate again at the end of the race when he, he did have a shot, if you got past George fast enough to catch Charles for fourth, uh, but you know, uh, George battled him back. And then not only once he got past, he said, wait, 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 don't get too far ahead. Give me DRS before you go. And like, that was never going to work out trying to, you know, even <laughs> Carlos mid race had the best Raiders. Like they're using their own trick against me. Mm-hmm. Could, couldn't use it to the same effect. Right. And so, yeah, I, it, it is what it is. I, I think, uh, I don't know any team that works completely in unison for years and years without a little bit of discord, but this is what the problem is, I guess, with uh, a pairing like this. We, we've seen it in a few places. It's why certain teams have also avoided this dynamic. It's why we've talked about Red Bull possibly trying to avoid this dynamic with Max. Uh, it's why they favor people like Checo and maybe Danny. Uh, it it's because a younger driver like George, who many people have anointed as a potential championship winner someday, wants to make that case now and wants to be treated like that now, but forgets that he also has another championship caliber driver who has a little bit more right to still be at least considered on the same level of George, if not above George, uh, racing alongside him. And so it's interesting just to see how this bears out you know you see it on uh like charles and carlos are kind of in similar boats except charles has been the anointed one um uh, it's a little bit weird seeing lando and um piastri kind of deal this out because lando's been racing forever but is only like 23 um and he's kind of like the more seasoned driver but piastri while not that much younger, is also the young guy trying to prove himself and having a great season. So you, you just see it bear out in certain places. You've got like equally matched drivers. You've got equally matched young drivers. You've got a young driver and a, and, and a more experienced driver. You know, Alonzo and Stroll are like the really, really poor man's version of Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got a guy who just keeps having to justify why he's on the track versus uh, versus someone like Russell, who obviously deserves to be there, but is a little frustrated he's not prioritized. So yeah, it, it's just interesting. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at that crop of drivers who are like, this is the next batch of championship drivers, right? It's it's Charles, it's Lando, it's George. And right now, George is kind of at the bottom of that list. I think he's even kind of fallen behind Carlos Sainz as far as like odds to win a championship. Carlos has been driving great lately. Um, you know, the, the Ferrari's been a little bit more competitive, but... You know, whether it's George 
sometimes not getting the best out of his race pace, best out of his strategy, or crashing on the last lap because he has a lapse in concentration. Um, I mean, you got to remember, you know, the race started with, you know, a couple of incidents. And, you know, one of them was Checo running into the side of Lewis, giving him damage that he kept the entire race. So even carrying the damage faster than his teammate. Uh, I, that's not exactly, you know, the type of performance you want to have when you feel like it should be faster in a, in a non-damaged car. Um, so I, I think, you know, he, he was very political afterwards, um, saying like, you know, essentially towing the team line, trying to make it seem like all was well. I just feel like while he's saying it from his side, Lewis seems to have the body language of someone who's like, listen, you need to keep it clean on your side. We're still fighting for P2 in the Constructors' Championship. They're still there right now, although they're, you know, other teams are starting to, you know, snip at their heels. I'm fighting for P2 in the Drivers' Championship. I'm only, you know, 33 points away from Checo now. And now you're doing more harm than good to the team by trying to have these fights. Like you're, you're not fighting for anything like, yeah, sure. Everybody wants to win, but in the bigger picture, you trying to fight me for fifth is not going to make either of these situations better. So I I think he's just kind of at that level of frustration. He's already, uh, upset with the car. The last two years felt like they got it wrong from the beginning didn't listen to him initially took too long to make changes and i i think that pent up frustration now coupled with george's uh whinging yeah, yeah whinging <laughs> george's whinging is starting to grate on him a little bit so i think that's something we'll have to keep an eye on uh you know since nico rosberg left mercedes has been you know very harmonious most of the time, you know, Bottas had his moments of, you know, Helmut Marco would say he'd had like delusions of a championship where he'd win like the opening race, but then that quickly went away and, you know, it, it became the team game that they expect. So it'll be interesting to, uh, to watch that, uh, you know, ad- advance for the next couple of races. Right. But, yeah. Um, the, the Checo Perez Memorial. Uh, teammate trophy for Valtteri for a few years there. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, that, that, that's Mercedes, you know, they, well, yeah. Um, and to your point, I mean, I wonder if that is factoring into maybe some of George's complaining and, in, in, in whinging, um, uh, is somebody like what we're, you know, we, we prefer McLaren, right? Uh, one of those guys that he's, measuring stick against is Lando Norris. And so um, Lando and his rookie partner are having a hell of a run the last few races here, seven races, six, seven races. They had this this part of the season, they've made some great changes. Uh, for sure. I mean, the, the car continues to, you know, really enjoy the upgrades they've brought. Uh, Lando picked up another second place. So that's, you know, four cents Austria. Yeah, you know, Austria is when they brought the upgrades. They they obviously brought it to Lando first and then to Oscar. But, uh, you know, 
Lando's been the second best driver on the grid behind like only Max, you know, points wise since McLaren brought those upgrades. So, uh, certainly McLaren has their eyes on at least fourth as they're catching up to Aston Martin. Um, it'd be a, a real yeoman's effort to try to get up to third, but, um, you know, they have their, their sights at high. Oscar continues to impress, especially as a rookie. He picks up his first ever podium RIP to Nico Hulkenberg, who was still waiting on his, um, they, they solved the Tupac murder before Nico got a podium. So, so, so many, so many things today. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they're the best pairing on the grid, but they surely looked like it this past few races. Now, I don't know who would arguably be the next group, right? Because every team has a partner who is not holding up to that standard, right? Um, and Except so, for McLaren. You're right. Like except you, for McLaren, you feel right. like yeah, McLaren, goes, there's not one driver holding back the team. Right. So at this juncture, yes, I feel like it may not always be that way, and it may not even be that way for the rest of the season. But you know, for having a young team, although again, Lando's been racing enough time now where he should definitely be having this level of performance, and it shouldn't be surprising. Um, and a lot of people have tapped him as a future champion too, and have often lamented the cars he's in and versus his talent. Uh, the car is finally meeting the talent, right? Um, and they got a hell of a talent over in Piastri too. Uh, and it certainly looks like it, at least this part of the season. I, you know, it's hard to say, but I mean, there's been, what, now four rookies to grace the grid? And, um, you know, most of them have had not a great time this year. Uh, and the the best is outside of uh, Piastri is Liam Lawson with his cup of coffee. Uh, he can't even get a full-time ride as it currently stands out of. Um, so uh, you, you look at it and you compare apples to apples, rookies to rookies, and Piastri's head and shoulders above. So you, you just wonder if you put one of those other rookies in this car right now, would they do the same performance? And I'd probably say no. no. Uh, so I, a lot of credit to Piastri. But also how much of it is right car right driver too so i'm i mean yeah but you know obviously the this car was terrible at the beginning of the year and they had to fight through that uh as far as the best driver pairing like if, if you're starting a race team right now and you have to take two drivers but you have to essentially take them as a pair right like if you're taking uh the like you're starting a team with the williams drivers you have to take albon and logan i i can't think of like if you're going to start a team, you know, Lando being 23, Oscar being 22, that like you could be set for the next five, six years, like with that talent at that age, like, yeah. you know, Car- Carlos and Charles sure have a lot of talent and, you know, same thing with Lewis and, uh, George, but you know, Lewis 38, um, you know, would you take Max, if it meant you had to get Checo also and like you weren't in the fastest car, would that make a difference? Or do you want to have like two drivers to grow a team? Like McLaren's in a pretty strong position 
moving forward because they have them signed for you know longer than some of the other teams on the grid like uh you know they'll be paired together for at least the next few years as you know mclaren gets their new wind tunnel uh up in you know uh operational to 100 percent. the car should be getting better like there's a lot of positive energy at that team um but you know even oscar now in the car that didn't have a great start way off the pace He's now 10 points ahead of Lance Stroll in the standings. Lance Stroll was in the second fastest car for half the year before, you know, other teams outdeveloped them and Aston Martin kind of took their development in possibly the wrong direction. But uh, Fernando Alonso had six podiums out of the first eight races. That car was faster than anyone not in a Red Bull. And Lance Stroll's 10 points behind oscar piastri so you know that says a lot about oscar but i think it says a lot about lance also yeah i'm very curious if we lost the best driver pair on the grid and it was carlos and lando so this is what we we have to settle for is oscar and and lando but that aside uh, we at least see that they do work together, even when they don't work, <laughs> uh, even when they're not operating in the same teams. Um, so, no, you, it's a good point. Uh, young, talented, also got the, he still have an experienced driver despite that youth, right? And they're locked up and they seem to have the ability to turn good laps in a car that may not always be the best. They seem to be at least, you know, scuffling in the McLaren until they started having these changes and they started to kind of become the second fastest car on the grid. So, no, it probably is the best driver pairing, uh, not just this year, but maybe going forward. Uh, At least, the you know, the best young driver pairing, you know. It, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, as, as far as, like, the, the typical, the NFL analogy of the week here, Ryan's Americanism coming through again, uh if you had to start an NBA franchise today, if you had to start an NFL franchise today, what quarterback are you taking? What NBA player are you starting your franchise with? And everyone will start talking, you know, it's like, oh, well, uh, I'm going to take Jason Tatum or I'm going to take Zion or whatever. Some young, very uber-talented player. And people are like, why wouldn't you take LeBron James? He's still a best player. Kevin Durant, a Giannis Antetokounmpo, a Jokic, guys who still have years to go. They're like, well, I mean, I, I'm building for uh, a franchise future of some infinite time in the future, 10, 20 yeah, years. Like, or why, why would Lawrence you take or, yeah. John Morant? You know, because I'm, I'm worried about a, you know his shooting problem. Yeah, because and uh, he's great from the field, but not great outside of the arena. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's those those kinds of things, right? So. Yeah, well, honestly speaking, talent-wise, uh, you know, I, I do love Checo. I do. He's just been frustrating. You know, this guy's had some pretty good performances in cars and bolstered teams on his own um, and certainly capable of winning races when he puts it all together. Uh, hasn't done a lot of that this year. Uh, and, you know, him and Max, who is a phenomenal driver, made when it's all said and done, be the greatest driver on the grid ever 
Uh, hell of a pairing. Lewis Hamilton, arguably the guy you can come throw up there with Schumacher as the greatest driver of all time, all the championships. And George, a very talented driver who pointed in a, who did his best to try to point in a Williams, um, uh, doing the Alex Albon uh, <laughs> drive, if you will, before Alex Albon did it uh, in that Williams. Uh, young, talented with a, you know, yeah. But when it boils down to it, the young, talented, building my years of McLaren franchise off of, it, it looks like those guys are the, the, the two, right? Yeah, and I, I really like Oscar's kind of nonchalance to, you know, getting his first podium just, you know, it was like, yeah, you know, it was a good job. You know, good job to the team. Uh, you know, it's really nice. Like, kind of very... You know, uh, it doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Uh, very measured approach. Uh, I think, you know, mature beyond his years. I just think it's going to be really friggin' funny if he wins a race before Lando. Because I feel like that's that's what would happen to Lando. You know, c- continues to, like, you know, build the team at McLaren and, and be the guy. And they build the team around him. They bring in Danny Ricardo. Danny Ricardo wins a race. He finishes second. You know, he gets his pole, he's winning the race, it rains, he finishes seventh. Um, and now he's got a, a teammate scoring podiums again who, you know, looks as capable as he is in that car. And, you know, I feel like, I don't know, it's just kind of in the ether that if someone's going to win a McLaren, it's going to be, it's going to be Oscar first. And I think it's, uh, personally hilarious i'd feel bad for lando i think he's gonna eventually win the win a race because he's getting to that point where you know it's kind of a question on your resume you know same way we talk about nico hulkenberg and podiums same way we talk about dan marino and super bowls um you can't have this many points and this many podiums and not a win like you you've got to you know uh yeah, you got to pop that cherry sometime. Well, yeah, you know? it starts to mess with your legacy, right? I mean, you can't be that good for that long and that talked about and that talented without eventually breaking through, even by luck, right? You know, you, you've got options. Um, you the know, good news is we're talking about a 23-year-old, though. You know, it's right. like it's not like he's like, oh, he's only got a couple years, le- like Sergio three years ago, where it's like, oh, man, Sergio's going to bow out, you know, never winning a race, but such a solid driver. And then he gets that luck you're talking about and gets a win, gets a seat at the fastest team, and then gets a couple more wins. So, you know, tw- 23, the, the door's still open for that. It's just he's had so many opportunities. It's a little funny. Right. And, you know, I find it, he goes, we're, we're into this podcast for quite a bit now, and we haven't really, really talked about the race. Uh and it, because if it's surprising to you at this point, Max won in astonishing fashion. Uh, once again, uh, I knew he was going to drive uh, what I would call an FU drive, go back out there. He was not happy the way he did uh, the previous week. Uh, went around the track faster than everybody else by about 20 seconds. Um, and, you know, we'll probably win every race from now until the end of the season because, you know, that's our luck. <laughs> I mean, I, I stayed up, you know, obviously it was a one o'clock start time to the race, stayed up, watched it, and, you know, two hours of coverage, I might have seen max maybe six minutes 
of the total coverage. He he uh you know pulled out a lead so fast and was never in any jeopardy that you didn't see him until the race was over. Uh, you know, some of it was, you know, Lando and Oscar battled a little bit, lost a little bit of time. Some of it was, um, a, a little slip up with, with Lando and, you know, the, uh, when the VSC came out, Checo was holding him up and, you know, the, Another incidence where Red Bull kind of, you know, uh, flaunting, you know, the rules and what they're able to do. But all, all that kind of just played into Max not having to worry about anything. Didn't see anything in his rearview mirrors for an hour and a half. Um, just dominant. And uh, a race where, what, half the drivers either finished uh, a lap down or didn't finish... Um, and then half of those 10, uh, I think it was like, there was five DNFs. So it, it's just, you know, it was a race with not a lot of cars on it at the end of the race. Not a lot of cars fighting for things at the end of the race. Um, you know, except of course the Mercedes, the Mercedes seemed to be like fighting for, with each other mostly at the end of the races the past two weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah, dominant. And again, the McLarens finishing on the podium uh, looked like the second fastest car on the track, uh, outclassing the Ferraris and the Mercedes. Um, one of those things where it's like, are we going to see that, you know, when they make it over here to the United States? Are we going to see it, you know, later in the season? Are we going to have to watch this show repeat itself? I- I'm hoping that McLarens can break through and steal a race. I'm hoping that Mercedes can find some pace. I'm hoping that the Ferraris can find some pace. But I just feel like we got a very unique situation that we've been begging for all year in Suzuka, and we got it. Um, uh, but we're not going to get many more of those elsewhere. You mean in, uh, in Singapore? Oh, yeah, sorry, Singapore. Uh, I'm mixing my times around. Suzuka, yeah. yeah. Um, and Singapore. And uh, we got more of what we would expect in Suzuka. Is what yeah, regular service has con- you know continued, <laughs> yeah. uh, has been restored. Um, you know, like I said, we, we talk about every single week. Like, okay, if we take Max out of the championship, this is super exciting, super interesting. That best of the rest or that next fastest team consistently is shifting. It started off being Aston Martin or at least Fernando Alonso in an Aston Martin. And then it was Mercedes. Mercedes was kind of like that next fastest team. And then, uh, you know, Ferrari found some pace in the middle of the season and then, you know, McLaren brought their upgrades and then, you know, they looked fast and then Ferrari won a race. Um, and now Mercedes looks like the fourth fastest team. Uh, so if, if this was, you know, subtract max, it's like, you got a, a different team in the mix who can win every, every week. Um, you know, over the last three races, it's actually been Ferrari scoring the most points. They scored 84 points and Red Bull 83, then McLaren, then Mercedes, uh, picking up 50 points. Uh, so you know, the team on the best form right now, getting the most out of both their drivers, Ferrari. Because they got two drivers who are, you know, finishing the race, you know, the last three races where, you know, Mercedes has DNFs, Red Bull has DNFs, uh, Aston Martin is, 
I think they've only scored six points over the last three races with Ferrari scoring 84 and McLaren scoring 61. And that's who they're sandwiched in between in the Constructors' Championship. So they are in, you know, desperate waters. So, it, you know, Qatar will be interesting. It's, it's you know, flat. It's fast corners, and that's going to suit some teams better than others. But um, I think looking at where Ferrari is right now, McLaren is, you know, Mercedes are going to have to make some kind of gains to, you know, not not just attempt to win races anymore, but to secure their place in P2 because the other teams are coming. Right. So, let's end with this. Who had a worse weekend? We're going to officially anoint uh, the, the worst driver of the week. Um, was it Logan Sargent or was it Sergio Perez? Okay. Uh, do, you, do you want to, you know, take Logan... As like we'll, we'll do like a, a little mini debate. Do you want to take right, Logan right, yeah. or do you want to take I, Sergio? I I will let you defend Logan. I will defend uh, my Hispanic uh, mate uh, Checo. All right, so uh, you're going to defend Checo. So I I'm going to say Checo. Okay, so before we start with Sergio and Logan, I just want to send out an, an honorary mention to worst weekend to Lance Stroll, <laughs> who qualified. <laughs> Uh, qualified 17th and did not finish. You know, he had a rear wing failure. Wasn't exactly his fault, but, you know, coming off of uh, a weekend where he crashed so hard in qualifying that he could not race and he has not scored a point since July. Um, honorable mention, Lance Stroll. But, uh, so Sergio Perez. I, he qualified fifth. His teammate was on pole. So that's that's already, you know, one there. It, it's not, you know, that long of a lap where you got to be eight-tenths of a second off your teammate. But there he is. So with qualifying fifth, he starts in the middle of the pack. What does he do in the middle of the pack at the start of the race? He runs into Lewis Hamilton, uh, runs him off the track, you know, in the second phase of the turn. Um, so he starts off with a broken wing. Safety car comes out, but then he picks up a penalty under the safety car. Uh, so we've got contact, broken wing, then a penalty, goes back out, ends up wiping out Nico Hulkenberg in the race, trying to pass him and, and cut back through the field. In doing so, breaks another front wing, picks up another penalty, and then ultimately had to retire the car because he had damaged it so bad because he still had a penalty. They didn't want to carry that into the next race. So they unretired him 15 laps later to let him go out, run one lap and retire again. Sergio Perez, two DNFs, one race. Now you try to beat that with Logan. All right. I didn't, th- I didn't say I was going to win. I was, was going <laughs> to defend. All right. So. <laughs> All right. At this juncture, right? We are this deep into the season, and we know that Logan needs to show something. Because not only has one rookie already been jettisoned, Piastri is on the podium this week. And Lawson has been putting in near point uh, times ever since. And a car that has not necessarily been fantastic. And he's yeah, been actually does have two points. So, like, yeah. He, yeah. So, 
um, uh, just outside of the points this week. So as far as rookies go, at least of the ones remaining, he's last. And this other guy hasn't even been here the whole season. That's that's outperforming him other than Pastry. So he gets to see these other rookies week after week increase their ability to perform. And one of those guys should probably have his seat. And he finishes 17th. Um, now, it's not like uh, he is necessarily in a fantastic car. His teammate finished 16th. But, I mean, he's close to his teammate at least, right? Uh, he, if that's the nice thing you want to say. Uh, but I just think Checo, a little bit of bad luck, uh, you know, smartly did what he needed to do this week, to, uh, even though it seems a little bit odd to go out and DNF again, to make sure he didn't hurt himself next week. So even in bad circumstances, he did try to at least set himself up for later. Uh, and uh, however, whenever he's on the grid, he's helping Max win a, ch- uh, a race and a championship, however way he's doing it. Uh, this week, he decided to do it 19. So, <laughs> I mean... Uh, all that to say, it was rather spectacular the way Checo had this week. But spectacular is one thing. He at least did it with some flair. <laughs> Logan did it with no uh, fanfare whatsoever. He just continued to do what he's done. Essentially driving a car that he probably has made no justification to be in. Other well, than Lance Stroll. Well, well, you know, first, like, you know, because because he uh, totaled the car in qualifying, right? So that, that put him, you know, or cemented his position at the top of the uh, destructor championships, um, as not the constructor, the destructor championship, because now he has three and a half million dollars worth of damage on his bill. Right, You're making um, my case for me here, Steve. Yeah, He's I mean, expensive as hell. And he goes, and, uh, and he didn't even get points out of it. No, and. Um, he, you know, he had to start from the pit lane, uh, because you know the team had to break curfew to finish fixing the car, and he picked up a 10 second penalty before the race even started because the team technically built a chassis enough to, I guess, uh, qualify it as a third car, which is against the rule. So they picked up a 10 second penalty for that, and he took uh, Valtteri out of the race. Which <laughs> he got another penalty for that. So, uh, like two really strong contenders. But I think Sergio had the worst weekend because he did as bad and looked as bad, but in a much faster car. Right. So who wins here? <laughs> I mean, uh, we all both, lose. <laughs> well, yeah, where he goes, and again, I mean, like to be honest with you, our honorable mention, I can make a really strong case for. But the 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 thing here is, I think Checo hasn't hurt himself in losing his job. At least he has it next year. Logan can continue to is continuing to maybe whittle away at at his team's willingness to back him week to week. Although he did get a ton of support this week from, uh, from Williams. Right. Uh, and so I feel like maybe 
no matter how bad he's doing, he still had a good week, right? He still got a vote of confidence, although the vote of confidence is yeah. really the kiss. I, I, you know, also, like, yeah, Checo had a bad week, but it's also masked by the fact that they secured the Constructors' Championship this weekend. So Red Bull are, you know, back-to-back Constructor Championships. So it's not like right. anything he did hurt them. But Max did a big things for nothing, probably, at the end, too. So Yeah. You know, when you get an A on the project and you don't really contribute... Yeah, that's Checo this week, and actually a lot of the last couple of weeks, right? So. I don't know. I, I think, uh, all right, maybe I'll side on Logan having the worst week just because he has more to lose at the moment because he's at the beginning of his career, and his career could end this year where Sergio's already had kind of a full career, and he still seems to be in the seat next year no matter what, but Logan keeps doing his best to be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's probably a good place to end this one on because I feel like Logan keeps doing his best to be the worst <laughs> is just probably a shirt we should have made and sell it at the Austin Grand Prix there um, at Coda. But... That's just Fort Lauderdale things, you know? <laughs> right. So, all right. Well, for this edition of the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 podcast, I'm Ryan Vasquez. And I'm Steve McNally. And we'll see you next time across the line.